the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In the 3 o'clock hour, I've been promoting uh, this next half-hour interview as one that is a must-listen to, and we're going to even repeat it uh, a little later on in the uh, in the show uh, for people during drive time. I just think it's important for everybody to, to hear. By the way, is is this guy's book here in, in Arkansas? Well, let me just read something out of the book for you. Lawmakers' efforts to eliminate Zen in the classroom usually go nowhere. As Arkansas State Representative Kim Hendren learned in 2017 when he introduced House Bill 1834 to prohibit the use of Zen's materials in Arkansas classrooms. In fact, the Zen Education uh, Project used the controversy as a fundraising and outreach opportunity. After the bill was introduced, the website announced that, quote, in solidarity with Arkansas educators and students, unquote, because, of course, uh, we were trying to keep the truth from being presented, uh, the organization would send a free copy of A People's History to any teacher requesting one. As of March 16, 2017, and we're talking over two years ago, 700 middle and high school teachers and school librarians have sent requests and, quote, more continue to come in. Tax-deductible donations were sought to pay for the books. And joining us, Mary Graybar. And Mary, thank you for being here. open to being on the Dave Ellswick show today. We appreciate you giving us some time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Unbelievable. You know, until I read your book, (laughs) until I read your book, I didn't even know who Howard Zinn was, to be honest with you. But this guy, this guy is no different than, you know, any other person who's written books that is, is just full of false lies and, and and basically crap, and, and he's not a historian, and he's written a book that has filled our young people, their minds, with garbage, absolute garbage. If you if people wonder where they're hearing a lot of the stuff that the Democratic Party's using, it comes right from this guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, he, this book has been in publication since 1980, and uh, it sells... Uh, more copies than it did the year before. So it's a publishing phenomenon. Uh, there is no other book uh, that quite matches it in terms of its 
you know, ability to sort of gain credibility and popularity. Um, Howard Zinn actually did have a Ph.D. in history. He taught at Spelman College and he also taught at Boston University, Um, but he was also a communist. Um, And this is his, uh, you know, lasting uh, legacy. Uh, He wanted to poison the minds of American students, which he did in the classroom. And he left behind his book and his other writings. And these are used in everything from elementary school through college. Um, You can find Howard Zinn's book being used in high school advanced placement history courses, in in regular history courses, ethnic studies. It's excerpted in other books for children um, and for teenagers. It's the Zen Education Project, uh, which you mentioned, offers free materials that are taken from his book, adapted into individual lessons. Um, it, it, I mean, it just goes on and on, uh, not to mention the cultural influence. Uh, you know, up here in the Northeast, uh, in New York City, there last summer, week after week, actors were in the public parks reading from his works, um, you know, in Central Park, a famous actor uh, was reading from a people's history of the United States. So it really is a phenomenon. And I hope, I don't know if uh, Kim Hendren is still in office, but, um, you know, maybe the book can help him out and to convince his uh, fellow legislators that this really needs to be taken out of the public school system. Because as I demonstrate in the book, uh, Example after example, it's not only left wing, uh, but it's factually incorrect, and it is it distorts uh, what other people have said. Uh, you know, and I, I could give examples of all that. Yeah, we're going to get to that. I'm going to I'm going to let you. I'm going to turn you loose and let <laughs> you destroy this book as much as you can. When did you become uh, cognizant of Zen and what he was teaching? Well, I was, uh, I have a PhD in English and um, I was uh, teaching, uh, you know, I had a series of adjunct positions because I'm too politically incorrect to you know, get a tenure track <laughs> job. And I, you know, I, I mean, even in graduate school in the 90s, I saw how corrupt education was and uh, English departments and the humanities, uh, you know, are filled with Marxists and quasi Marxists. And I mean, became interested in the corruption of education, and I became aware of Howard Zinn around 2009. He died in 2010, um, and then his FBI file, which is over 500 pages long, was released. And uh, I wrote an article about him, presented a report at America's Survival, and uh, have kept track of him ever since and uh, have occasionally written articles about him, but I started writing this book uh, in late 2017. So I really got into the research, the nitty gritty, and looked up his sources. Um, and I, I was even shocked. I knew he was bad. I didn't know he was this bad. <laughs> you, know, you, you you bring up uh, some people who have been uh, stricken down by historians as, you know, people who just make up things out of whole cloth and things of that nature, call themselves uh, historians, and then they're, they're, they're branded as really non-historians. 
How come this guy hasn't? Because you go into really, really detail about how he twists people's quotes, how he takes them out of context, how he makes stuff up. I mean, seriously, how does anybody mm-hmm. give this guy credit for being a historian? Well, um, yeah, he, he got a lot of flack, even from his leftist colleagues. Um, but, you know, increasingly, American history or even history at all is not being taught in our schools. So people are becoming, uh, you know, less knowledgeable. And uh, in colleges of education, his book is being used. So future teachers are reading a people's history of the United States. Sometimes it's the only book they will read. Wow. So it's the, yeah. So they have no, nothing to compare it to. Uh, so education schools are notorious for uh, giving short shrift to the subjects. You know, they teach a lot of the politically correct, um, you know, theories of education. Um, so the teachers really aren't getting much of their subject matter. And what they're getting is the Howard Zinn version of history. And then the teachers teach it to the students. And it, it really is a uh, it is a book of um communist propaganda. I compared it uh, to William Z. Foster's book. Now, William Z. Foster was the leader of the American Communist Party. (laughs) There are so many similarities between them. So when I talk to my listeners and I tell them that we're living George Orwell's 1984 right now, I'm not making that up. Let me just quote Orwell. He who controls the past controls the future, and he who controls the present controls the past. It's kind of chilling when you think about it and you look at this book. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, You know, we see it, uh, and it's not just on campuses. It's not just, you know, that people like me can't get jobs or that, uh, you know, students are being fed this left-wing stuff. We're seeing it in everyday life. Uh, You know, look at what uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said, Uh, you know, calling our detention facilities uh, concentration camps. Well, Howard Zinn calls the uh, camps that we had, the facilities we had for the Japanese Americans during World War II concentration camps. And he comes out and he says that we were no better than the Nazis. You know, all of us had concentration camps. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah, we weren't we weren't killing Japanese people last I uh, I heard. <laughs> no, no, um, and and the way he distorts that history is, uh, he says, well, that the American people didn't really know about these camps until 1945, at the end of the war, when um, there was an article in Harper's Magazine. Well, that is complete bunk. Uh, <laughs> you know, even before FDR's order was given. There was discussion of it. There were daily newspaper articles, which I document. Uh, Milton Eisenhower uh, narrated a film that was shown in movie theaters. And I also went back to Harper's Magazine. And in uh, June of 1942, uh, there was a reporter that visited one of these, and he described life there. And it was far, far from you know, a concentration camp or indeed anything that a lot of Europeans would have, you know, 
suffered. I mean, the facilities were clean, food was good and plentiful. People actually could leave. They could go, uh, you know, move away and if they had a job someplace or if uh, they went to school. I have a colleague who's Japanese American and he discusses what uh, his family did during that time. So it's it's all, you know, and you mentioned George Orwell. Well, there are a lot of things that are put down the memory hole yes. <laughs> by Howard's in. That's right. right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I Yeah, and, and pe- you know what? People, kids don't read 1984 now, so they probably don't even understand what we're talking about. My, my The average age of my listeners is 35 years old. I'll bet you most 35-year-olds that went through uh, high school uh, on their way to maybe even into college have no idea. They may not even touch 1984 or Animal Farm or uh, Stranger in a Strange Land or any of those great books. Um, yeah, sadly, that's true. Or if they do read 1984, they're uh, given a twisted interpretation mm. of it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let me just ask, I'm going to ask some questions off of the dust jacket for, for you. And I'd like you to talk about them because people have heard this kind of stuff. Talk about how Columbus was uh, supposedly, Zen says he was a genocidal maniac. You say that's not true. In fact, he was a defender of Indians. And uh, I've got to believe it's Zen's book that led to all the people who want to get rid of Columbus Day. Is that, do you think that's true? Uh, yes, absolutely. He was very, very happy about that and wrote about it in his autobiography. And um, actually, if you go to the Zen Education Project, teachers there can download materials uh, for themselves and their students to lobby legislators uh, and the administration to abolish uh, Columbus Day. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, you know, as you know, his diary says, you know, when, um, you know, the way Zen quotes it, you know, that they would make fine servants. Um, and then leaves that ellipses out. He leaves out the fact that, you know, I know they are a people who can be made free and converted uh, to our holy faith by more by love than by force. Well, mm-hmm. those words are left out by Howard Zinn. Uh, so uh, the impression you get as the reader of a people's history is that, um, you know, uh, Columbus went there thinking that, uh, you know, they could be made into servants or slaves and uh, could be made to find gold. And when they couldn't find the gold, they had their hands hacked off. And, uh, you know, and, and but that, you know, of course, is not the case. Um, you know, not to say that the Indians didn't suffer, but that is not what Columbus set out to do. That is not what he did. It's, you know, it's a it's a fabrication. Okay. So you mentioned some things that I'll be honest, I had never heard. And I got to ask you to talk about them because they just seem so out, just out there. I mean, way out there. Why the American Indians were not feminist, communist, sexual revolutionaries <laughs> ahead of their time. You got to be kidding me. They, he actually said this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he repeats that. He says all the Indians are the same. And, of course, you know, there's a great, great diversity among all the different, uh, you know, tribes. And they would probably be insulted to be lumped into this one group of pacifists, you know, who uh, live in 
you know, kind of proto-hippie communes where they share and women are empowered. I mean, that's not true at all. Women were not empowered. Um, you know, even if you read other historians who are honest, you know, they the women had uh, the drudgery to do. The men were off hunting and fishing. Yeah. <laughs> the women, you know, the, the men um, made the decisions. You know, the women sat behind them. They had some input, but it doesn't mean they were in charge. I mean, it's it's completely false. Amazing. And here's one for everybody, because we've, we've heard so many great things about the greatest generation. Howard Zinn, though, didn't think the greatest generation was, quote, the greatest generation, correct? Correct. No, he didn't. He, he thought that, um, you know, that Americans were the equivalent of Nazis. And he says he says that. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. That uh, we were, uh, you know, there was still racism and, hey, weren't the Nazis racists? Uh, you know, Americans were still racist because there was segregation. Uh, you know, he uses the example of the uh, Japanese, inter- you know, the camps for the Japanese mm-hmm. Americans. Of course, he has to make the case that they're concentration camps. And right. Uh, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this is amazing. And nobody. Well, it's like you said, a lot of the history teachers now, I'm sure, are coming through. Uh, you know, school, and maybe this is the only book they're reading for a class. So no wonder they got this warped view of American history, like Buderig has a warped view of American history. I mean, we're nothing, from the founding of this nation, we are nothing more than a bunch of white supremacists. I've heard that. I know you've heard that many, many times, that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a bunch of rich guys wanting to protect their own property and, and wealth. Right, right, and and that's exactly what Howard Zinn says. It, it, it's uh, that's what this country was founded on, according to him. Um, you know, it wasn't set up. Uh, they, you know, the founders weren't uh, out to set a new kind of, um, you know, republic. Uh, you know, where there would be opportunity and equality and equal rights. Uh, it was a cabal of rich men getting together uh, and scheming of how to get, you know, the wealth from others, setting up a merchant or middle class, uh, you know, that would be, you know, just give them just enough to be satisfied and that would keep the rabble down. In the meantime, the workers would suffer, the slave, you know, the slaves would be exploited, the Indians would be robbed. And that's his story of the American founding. Wow. Last part, Viet Cong. He uh, believed the Viet Cong were well-meaning community leaders like Barack Obama, advocating for <laughs> local self-rule, right? Right. Uh, you mentioned Barack Obama. Barack Obama was in one of the biographies of him. Um, it's uh, stated that he was influenced by Howard Zinn, which is a scary thought. But, yeah, yeah uh, one of the things that really, really uh, angered me was his distortion of a book on the Viet Cong by Douglas Pike, who was an American Foreign Service officer, and he was in Vietnam. And he wrote this book, and um, and what he he was making a plea to the Americans to help the Vietnamese, and he was describing. 
uh, what the Viet Cong were doing by coming into their villages using agitprop, setting the villagers against each other, you know, trying to start a civil conflict, which is what they did in all countries. Um, and and he, he actually said that the Viet Cong were committing genocide. Well, the way Howard Zinn presents it is, get this, they were teaching communication strategies. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah. And I document, you know, how the quotes he takes, you know, you can quote something and you can leave out a, an essential word like not. Right. And you <laughs> you give the opposite meaning. That's what Howard Zinn does to Douglas Pike, um, who wrote this fantastic book. And um you know, and the sad thing is, if you look up the quotation from Douglas Pike on Google, it links back to Howard Zinn mm. uh, or Howard Zinn's quote. You know, you, it's so hard to find the original. So anyone who reads, um, you know, Howard Zinn will think that this is indeed what that Douglas Pike was praising the Viet Cong mm. when instead he was accusing them of genocide. Mary, I am out of time. I'm going to set up another interview with you in the near future. I want to go further into Howard Zinn with my listeners. The name of the book, Debunking Howard Zinn, Exposing the Fake History that Turned a Generation Against America. Mary Graybar is our guest. Thank you, Mary, for your time. I'll be in touch, all right? Uh, okay, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, we got to take a break. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.